0: This week, I heard a journalist talking on the radio, and he was not talking about the news events of the week, believe it or not. He was actually talking about personal uh, events in his own life. His three-year-old daughter had just gotten a liver transplant, three years old. She had been through chemo for liver cancer, and, um, and it was doing what, unfortunately, chemo does, um, and her life was in jeopardy. And if, she could find a, if they could find a donor, Um, She wouldn't have to undergo any more chemotherapy, or or that was the hope. And so a bunch of people came forward. One person was about to donate, and then something was wrong. It wasn't a match at the last minute, and they kind of lost hope. And then someone did come forward, and they had the operation, and it was a success. And the doctor came in, the journalist was explaining, and said, you got a really, your daughter got a really good donor. And he said, well, clearly, I mean, it's amazing. He said, no, 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 I mean a really good person. And he said, well, what do you mean? And the, and the doctor said, well, as soon as the donor woke up from the anesthesia, instead of asking what most people ask, when will I be able to get out of here? When can I go home or go back to work? Your daughter's donor asked, when will I be able to give blood again? Of all the the amazing stories the journalist talked about, he said, for some reason that one sticks out in my mind. When will I be able to give blood again? To to go through life with eyes like that, looking for ways to give. What a wonderful way to live. It's it's really kind of how we're supposed to live. In our baptismal covenant, remember, we promised to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves. To seek, to see Christ in all persons. To love our neighbors as ourselves is how we're supposed to live. But things get in the way, don't they? And you know what Jesus keeps telling us gets in the way more than anything else? Money. And you don't want to hear about this again. And I don't want to preach about this again. Because just last week, Jesus ended with that mic drop, right? You cannot serve God in wealth. And here we are again. But not only is Jesus talking about it, Amos is talking about it, Paul is talking about it in his first letter to Timothy. So what is going on? Why do we need to pay so much attention to money? Maybe it's because we pay so much attention to money. It puts blinders on us at best, blindfold at worst, and we can't see, let alone seek and serve Christ in our midst. Money is such a spiritual danger that Jesus talks about it a lot. So there are two dangers I want to talk about about money that show up in these readings today. So, I've apologized enough for it. So I'm just going to give it to you, okay? It's, it's not my fault. And you may not like me, but I'm a, I, mean, I hope you like me. I mean, I, you know, I like to be liked. But this is the gospel. And it is good news, because it does set us free. If we're aware of the dangers of money. The first of which is the selfish use of money gets us in trouble. To use it. Selfishly. And so we have this parable of Lazarus. Did you know? No, this is, I should say, this is not the same Lazarus that Jesus raises from the dead, the brother of Martha and Mary. That Lazarus is a a real person who walked and talked and lived with Jesus. This Lazarus is the name of a character given in this parable, this lesson that Jesus teaches us. And did you know that it's the only character in any of Jesus' parables that gets named? Not the rich guy. Lazarus gets a name, and his name is referred to often, so we know Lazarus. Now, you may think, uh-uh, the other guy's name is Deves. I heard that in Sunday school. Did you? Deves is the Latin translation for the word rich. The rich guy's not named. But Lazarus is. It says something, I think, about Jesus being able to see and know Lazarus. But the rich guy doesn't, does he? Now, and and we know he's rich not only because he, um, because Luke tells us in Jesus' parable, Jesus says he's a rich guy, but also he's wearing purple, fine linen, and eating sumptuous feasts. How often? Every night. Every single day. It's like he's lighting cigars with $100 bills. He's got so much money, he do not even know what to do with it. But he's not doing something with it. He's not helping out Lazarus with it. And you might think, I might think, well, maybe he's just so busy. I mean, because that gate that Lazarus was kind of thrown in front of, isn't like the, the, the gate just outside of his house. It's more like the gate out two acres in front, like those Beverly Hills gates, you know, where you press the button, zzz, Is Mr. Pitt home? You know, that sort of thing. Maybe he didn't even know Lazarus was there. Maybe he didn't have any idea who Lazarus was. But we find out shortly that he looks up and he sees Abraham and someone holding, nurturing someone. Abraham's father, Abraham's nurturing someone right there in the bosom of Abraham. And he doesn't say, hey, send that guy. What does he say? Send Lazarus. Aha! He did know Lazarus. He just ignored Lazarus. That selfish use of money blinded him from seeing, seeking, serving the person right there in his life who he knew. He was just having too much fun. He was super duper rich. I don't think any of us are super duper rich. Maybe you are, and you're keeping it on the down low. (laughs) Probably not a bad idea. You know, the annual pledge campaign is coming up. (laughs) So we may be tempted to think, well, this doesn't apply to me. But here's the thing. We live in the wealthiest country in the world. Maybe the wealthiest country in the history of the world. How aware are we of the people at our gates? Or are we more concerned with using that money internally? That's an uncomfortable topic to bring up. I understand, and I'm sorry. But these statistics, I think, I think it's my duty as your priest to hold this up at a time when there are more displaced people than any other time since World War II, the ceiling of refugees that we are allowing in has dropped. From 85,000 four years ago, fiscal year four years ago, to 18,000 this year. I don't know what to do about that. I, I really don't. But I think we've got to at least hold it up and look at it. The selfish use of money blinds us from seeing the people that Christ cares about and that we're called to care for. The second problem or danger, spiritual danger of money um, is the relentless pursuit of it. So if the first was the selfish use of it, the second is the relentless pursuit of it. So we hear Paul saying... That money is, is evil, right? No, right. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, all sorts of evil. The love of money, and which, is, which is important for us to hear because there are uh, people with no money that are every bit in, as enslaved by, controlled by that pursuit of money as, as the wealthiest person in the world. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money blinds us. People, become, rather than being images of the divine, people become means to our ends. People who have more than us become a source of envy, a cancer that eats away and corrodes at our relationships. This relentless pursuit of money turns us Into with a sense of entitlement and privilege that we deserve it. If we don't have it, you must have done something to me. That relentless pursuit of money infects and blinds all of us, whether we have a lot or a little. The love of money, that relentless pursuit of money, is the root of all sorts of evil. So what do we do? We know that now. Should I stop now and just leave you feeling, well, this is... I don't. All right. Well, here's what I would suggest: to keep our baptismal covenant, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And in the word "as," there I take to mean at the same time in which. So, as I'm loving myself, I'm loving my neighbor. It's not that wealth or money or nice things are bad. Y'all know me well enough to know. A new fishing kayak. That's a good thing. Shiny cars? Ooh, I probably love them more than I should. Nice things, money, wealth, isn't the problem. It's our relationship with it that we need to control. We need to control our relationship with money so that money doesn't control us. So that we can seek and serve Christ in all persons. Loving our neighbor at the same time as we love ourselves. And the way to do that is by the careful handling of money, by treasure management. So today we're going to take up the United Thank Offering. You know what that is, right? This is an, uh, an opportunity. It's sponsored by the Episcopal Church women for, I don't know, over 100 years. How many years now? They encourage us every day to think about what we're grateful for, and as a symbol of that gratitude, put a penny or a nickel or a dime or a quarter or a dollar into that, that little box. You see, what that does is that it forces us to remember that all things come from God. And then, of what God has given us, we give back. So that money doesn't become uh, what we are controlled by. We control it. We say that, we don't say that so much at the 1030 service, but part of the offertory at the 8 o'clock service, we say, all things come from thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. Well, that makes sense to me. Uh, in In a state like Louisiana, so much of our wealth, wherever it is, is based on oil and gas, right? Any of us make any of that oil or gas? No. Now, I don't mean to take away from the effort and the capital and the expertise and the learning and knowledge it takes to extract it, but the truth is none of us put it there. All things come from Thee, O oh Lord. Our gift at making wealth. Maybe it's our smarts. Maybe it's our connections. Maybe it's our work ethic. All of that, those, those attributes, those gifts come from God. Of all things come from Thee, O oh Lord, and of Thine own have we given Thee. All that God gives is a gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to God. And that allows our eyes to be opened, to see, to seek, and to serve Christ in all persons. Then our wealth, our money, is controlled. We can do that. It's hard. It's difficult. But we can do it. So think about maybe starting with the United Thank Offering. Put put your offering in the basket today, but maybe even more importantly, if you haven't done it, take an envelope or box home with you and make it part of your daily practice so that we can take hold of the life that really is life.